0: Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality, mortality, and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, everyone, on this fabulous Thursday night, June 2nd. We have a fantastic guest planned for tonight before I bring her in. Just a recap of the show right before me. Of course, I'm coming to you on WLTKDB.com. Totally forgot to say that. My apologies. Uh, anyway, so the show before me, Realm of Darkness, hosted by uh, Rini Rodriguez and Ashley Moreno, had Jody Plachet on, author of Why Gary Why? Based on his life story. Uh, He was trained in as a sexual assault counselor, and he took his knowledge and understanding of all of that and his experiences and wrote that and wrote a fascinating book. So why, Gary, why? And you can get that on Amazon. If you missed that show before uh, this show, you can, of course, uh, find it on the archives. So anywhere uh, WLTKDB's uh, Podbean page or pretty much anywhere you can find audio uh, archives on the audio listening platforms. Okay. so, a couple of announcements. We have two new shows coming to WLTKDB. So, Barnaby Jones on June 13th, I believe, Monday Morning Monsters from noon to 1 p.m. Central. So, that's amazing. And then also, Kenneth Drake, uh, his show will be debuting uh, in July Voices from the Dead, and it's going to be a uh, medium, psychic medium. Uh, paranormal-based show. So uh, that's going to be Thursday nights right after my show at 9 p.m. Central. So that is amazing. I have some fun things planned for the summer. You can, of course, go on my website, authornicolestrickland.com, under the events uh, page and uh, learn about all of that. So enough with the announcements tonight. I do want to bring uh, my guest in. Uh, I am so pleased to have her tonight uh her story and uh what she will be talking about is the bread and butter of what the afterlife chronicles is all about that beautiful connection between our world and the afterlife so josie varga i'm so excited she's very passionate about her research in metaphysics and the afterlife and considers it a privilege to help others she's an author blogger, motivational speaker, and she has warmed the hearts of people worldwide and helped others understand why death is one transition from one dimension to the next. So she has a popular group on Facebook, I believe it's called, um, based on her book uh, called Visits from Heaven as well, so you may want to check that out for people to share on about their spiritual experiences and uh, pretty much know that they're not alone. And then she also just completed her a de- debut YA novel and has several other projects in the works. Without further ado, Josie Varga, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing good. We just talked on the phone yesterday, and here we are on the show. How fast 24 hours goes by. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. It's really an honor to have you on the show. Thank so, you for
1: having me. Thank you for
0: having me. Of course, yeah. And you have some great uh, discussion points uh, here. All kinds of questions. And so, I, I think what I'm going to start out with, because you have a very profound experience. You say that most people, and I agree with you, begin investigating the paranormal because of a personal experience, but there was one encounter experience that you had that really led you into research of the afterlife. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. So um, what happened was my husband had a former boss and a friend who died in the Mm -hmm. September 11th attacks. Oh, my gosh. I had never met this man. Um, I knew him through, like, he would send Christmas cards and things like that, and I spoke to him once on the phone, but never met him in person. So in 2003, I was in the midst of uh, promoting my book. Uh, My book, Footprints in the Sand, was about to come out. In the back of the book, is an epilogue that was dedicated to this man rich my husband at the very end said to me you know honey uh, rich had sent an email to his friends and co-workers uh, about two years before he died about the death of his father and he, and nicole he basically talked about the importance of life and how each wasted minute was a crime and things like right. that and right. and i and i agree with him and i put something about written in the back of the book. So on this particular night in 2003, I had this vivid, lucid dream mm. and literally felt myself moving. I walked down this hallway. I come to this door. I see this door on the right, Walk in the door, and there are desks and are windows everywhere. And all of a sudden, I see my husband's friend. Now, remember, I I never met him. Wow. So all of a sudden, I see my husband's friend. I look up and he says to me, telepathically, mind-to-mind communication. Right. He says, Josie, thank you for mentioning me in your book. Oh, my goodness. So I said, and Nicole, I don't know why, why I said this, but I said, Rich, you have to prove to me that this is really you of course okay with that he kind of like the look on his face was kind of like a smirk like uh (laughs) okay and he and he walked over to a desk and he picked up one it was like a flip phone and opened the flip phone and it was a picture of him his wife and his son he showed me the picture Nicole and he said Boston is okay oh my god Boston is okay so I had no idea what Boston was okay meant. However, intuitively I understood that this was a message I had to get to his wife. Right. The next thing I remember, I, I can only describe it as a window, kind of like going through a window. And it seemed like I was out on a street and I looked up and I see Rich and he's standing behind his wife and his son. And it kind of pushes me forward, okay, with his hands. Kind of pushes me forward, and it's like, okay, Josie, go ahead, give her the message. And with that, I woke up in a sitting position, panting and out of breath. I felt like something hit me in my chest. Was I scared? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, of course.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't know what to make of what happened, so I jumped out of bed. I don't know why, but I my kids were toddlers at the time. I checked on my daughters, and I called my husband. I told him what happened, and how do you think he reacted? He said, are you kidding me? You want me to call Rich's <laughs> wife, who is grieving the loss of her husband, and you want me to tell her Boston is okay? This is ridiculous. I'm not doing it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but, but I knew, I knew that what I experienced was real. It was so real. I mean, it's beyond words. I can't even describe how real it was. Okay? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: so, So we ended up compromising, and I wrote an email to my husband describing what happened. He forwarded the email to Richard's wife's sister because they both work in investment banking. They knew each other. And he basically said, you know, listen, my wife had this dream, you know, I don't know, do what you want with it, you know, that kind of thing. And he told me the minute he hit send, he regretted it. Because he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done that. She's going to think I'm nuts. Oh. But I but I was happy because I knew I did what I was supposed to do.
0: Uh, exactly. So as fast long as you're for- comfortable with it. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So fast forward two weeks, we didn't hear anything. Fast forward two weeks, we're on vacation and my husband gets a message on his Blackberry from Richard's sister-in-law and she basically says, I don't know how Josie knew this, you know, did she know anything about Boston and John's reading it and she said her sister was considering moving to Boston because she had a brother in Boston but she felt guilty about selling her home. Okay. What?
0: Oh, so my gosh. You
1: know when somebody reads something, Nicole, you don't quite get it. Yes. So, so he yes. reads it. He reads it. And I'm like, what? Then he reads it again. And we both went, ah. Oh. And that I said, aha
0: moment. That yeah, aha moment. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, that aha moment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was shocked, totally shocked, because okay. Now I realize that a man that I never ever met, who is deceased, came to me with a message for his wife, and that message was not validated. So my life was turned upside down, and it hasn't been the same since. And after that, to be honest with you, I was kind of afraid to talk about it. Um, I was afraid to tell people what happened and I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law one day and she said to me, Josie, don't you realize that you've been given a gift? And when right. she, you know, and when she said that to me, I was like, oh my God, she's right. I was given a gift and I need to do something about this. I need to, you know, help the believers." So I started investigating the phenomena. Um, really not not with the intent at first to write a book but with the intent of knowing that I wasn't the only one that there's there has to be other stories out there and oh my god did I find other stories
0: and, I, there mean, are a, I bet a flood of them came a, in for a, you
1: a flood of them I mean yes. it, it is. this is a, a phenomenon that you don't think happens but it does and it was it, worldwide I mean I interviewed people around the world So then I decided, okay, you know, um, I wrote visits from heaven, but had it not been for the first book, had it not been for footprints in the sand, where I talked about, you know, my life and other things that I've been through that never would have happened. You know, so it's, it's, it's amazing how things happen. It is
0: absolutely amazing. It's, it's like a destiny. And we talked yesterday on the phone and I, I shared with you how the experience with my grandmother Right was the one experience that really got me going in the field. So there's there's this parallel and similarity between that and with what you had with Rich. Now, I love New York City. I'm very close to New York City. And I, I will share this with you maybe on the phone someday. I had a very unique experience after uh, September 11th, a very spiritual experience that I do talk about in one of my upcoming books. But... Uh, One question I have, when Rich came to you, did anyone, was he with anyone else maybe that could have also been affected by the 9-11 attacks?
1: Or what? did he just come by himself? He was by himself. He didn't appear to be with anyone. You know, and what's interesting is when he came to me, I said to my husband, did did he wear glasses? (laughs) And he said to me, why? I said, because I remember him wearing glasses. And we went and we searched uh, pictures online. It was like a memorial to him online. And lo and behold, in the picture, he's holding these glasses that I saw him wearing. Oh, my goodness. To, you know, when wow. he came to me. Um, it's just really. Uh, and it
0: just it goes to show the intelligence of the afterlife because he knew to come to you. So, I, I mean, do you, uh-huh. in your opinion, why do you think he chose to came to come to you maybe instead of? like his wife or or another relative?
1: Well, Nicole, I have to be honest, in the very beginning, when when it first happened to me, my thought was, why did you come to me? Why didn't you just go directly to your wife? But many years later, and through all of my research, I now understand why. This is what I would term as a third-party sign. Think about it for a minute. It's far more validating for Rich to come to me Someone that he's never met, someone that doesn't even know his wife or his family. If he had gone directly to his wife, who was second-guessing her decision and grieving, she might have thought, "Okay, I'm, I'm just, this is just wishful thinking. I'm just feeling guilty. You know, I want him to tell me Boston is okay. You know, that kind of thing." So it's it's far more validating for this for him to come to me this way. What I that third yeah, is, uh, that
0: makes a lot of sense. And you know there's people out there that uh, may get messages, but they're not sure exactly what's going on. So for someone that I guess that's new at this and and let's say he or she comes to you and, and is like, okay, Josie, you know I think I, I think someone's trying to communicate with me from beyond. Uh, but I'm I'm not sure how, how would you help them to kind of fine tune it so they know for sure that it is someone from that's coming to them from the afterlife, if that makes sense?
1: Well, I, you know, honestly, when somebody comes to you from the afterlife, like there's a difference, for example, when you have a regular dream, and you have a visit, what I call a visit from heaven, you know, there's no doubt in your mind that what you had just experienced was a connection with the other side.
2: And, right, yeah. I, and, I, and so, what,
1: I, what I always tell people is talk to them. Talk to them. When you have a question, they can hear you. They are aware, Nicole, of everything that is going on in your life. And sometimes they orchestrate things. They make things happen in your life. In, in my case, for example, I know now that I was meant to do what I do. Right. Of I, I I went uh to a to a radio show one time in New York, and before I left, I was working on uh my book *Visits to Heaven*. Before I left, I said to my husband, "You know, John, I haven't heard quote unquote from Rich," and and that was it. Okay, I did I go over to the studio. I'm in like this common area. I'm waiting for the producer to call me in. And all of a sudden there's this young psychic medium there. He's standing in front of me and he says to me, Josie, I have a gentleman here for you. So what do I do, Nicole? I turn around, I look behind me. Where's this gentleman, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes to me, no, 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 no. In spirit. So then he starts describing who was there. And I said to him, I said, Oh my God, it's rich. Wow. And, and he and he looks over my shoulder and he goes, Yes, it's rich. He said to tell you that you were led to do what you do, that you were led to ALE, ALE Press. That was my the publisher of Visits from Heaven. Okay. And he said, Oh, by the way, the book is not coming out when you think it's coming out. It's coming out two months late. And I was like, What? Okay. So all of a sudden, I didn't get to finish the conversation with this psychic medium. He's a 17-year-old psychic medium, okay? We, I get called into the studio. We do the show. I never got to ask him any questions. Well, two weeks later, I get a phone call from A.O.E. Press. The book was not coming out in December as friend. The book was not coming out in February so you can't make this up no and isn't that something
0: I mean this is insane we do have to take our first break but when we come back I want to delve more into this and afterlife communication because I think there's very highly intelligent ways that spirits obviously communicate with us so Mm -hmm. stay tuned you are listening to Josie Varga tonight she's my uh, special guest tonight on the afterlife chronicles stay tuned we have to take our first break and we will be right back guys wow
2: Brandon Wainwright is an animal lover, author, energy healer, and former police officer. In April of 2018, he and his family lost their dog Tyson to a brain tumor. It was an inevitable experience that comes with being a pet owner. But it was devastating nonetheless. Tyson's Gift How an 8-pound canine became a man's greatest spiritual guide. In the story of Tyson's life from his entry into the lives of Brandon and his wife Misha to his equally impactful departure and continued spiritual influence, Tyson's beautiful story will entertain and comfort readers of all backgrounds. Get your copy at tysonsgift.com. That's tysonsgift.com or wherever books are sold.
0: 21 minutes past the hour, you're tuning back into the Afterlife Chronicles here on the WLTKDB network, WLTKDB.com, of course. My guest tonight is Josie Varga, and of course, before the break, uh, she was sharing a very profound, so if you've missed the first part, it'll be archived for you. She was sharing a very profound experience that actually catapulted her into the research that she does today. Uh, I still have goosebumps all over me, just very inspiring uh, encounter there. So, and we've been talking about how spirits communicate with us and and, and the whole uh, afterlife communication with the living. So let's let's, uh, touch on that a little bit more. In your experiences, Josie, in your research, do you find that Spirits prefer a certain method of communication, or like, is it? Do you think it's more telepathic, or are there other? Does it vary? Do you think it varies betw- between well, spirit and 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 the living? If that makes well, sense. Well,
1: I can tell you that the most common form of communication is dream contact, and the, yeah, yeah. And the reason for that is it's easy for them to communicate with us, especially when we're in the twilight state, which is before we, you know, we're not totally sleeping and we're not awake. So they, right. it's easy for them to communicate with us during the twilight state. But there's all different types of visits from heaven. You know, uh, I mean, we touched on telepathic communication. And I told you yesterday when we spoke on the phone that I'm actually hearing impaired, yet I'm clairvoyant. That's I, amazing. I can hear spirit and when I hear spirit there is no impairment <laughs> you know I can hear it so clearly that's remarkable
0: that's truly remarkable
1: yeah and then we have physical signs you know which includes uh, you know butterflies and pennies and dragonflies um let's see there's uh smell you know let's say Like my grandmother, my grandmother had, she wore this perfume, a very distinct perfume. So did mine. Estee Lauder, (laughs) Estee Lauder, the old Estee Lauder. (laughs) I don't even know what my grandmother's perfume was called. I just, I just knew the scent of it. But there were many times when I, you know, I smell that Uh, touch touch and sensation. How many times, this is very common. How many times have you stood somewhere and sensed the presence of somebody behind you? And turn no, around. All the, yeah, all the time, countless times, countless times, um, you know, auditory, like, for instance, music, uh, you know, you turn on the radio and it's your your wedding song or, or something like that. Uh, photographic signs, you see orbs and pictures. And then I I mentioned third party signs. And then there's also I wrote a book about divine interventions. That's another thing divine interventions, uh, sightings, uh, you know, you might see apparitions. I saw, this happened to me once, okay? I was literally at my grandmother's funeral, sobbing. She was a second mother to me, okay? I, I I never forget this. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I see my godmother at the foot of her coffin, just looking at me. I've never... Never forget that. And, and I stared, I was staring at her, and then I had to go up to do the uh, eulogy. I promised her that I would do that, you know. And I didn't know how I was going to make it through, but I went up there, did the eulogy, felt her presence. And, I when, you know, sometimes when you take your eyes away from them, you don't see it anymore. And that's exactly what happened. But that that was really amazing. I could clearly see my grandmother at the foot of her coffin. So like I said, those are all the different types of signs. And I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm not forgetting forgetting any. <laughs> no,
0: those are all like the profound ones. Cause I, I've had with you know, with my deceased cats, the butterflies, uh, you know, with, with my my cat Kaylee, who died in or perhaps I should say, transitioned in December. Mm-hmm those, uh, telepathic dreams. I had about five of them in like a two week period in that twilight sleep state. So I Mm -hmm. get that, you know, our inhibitions are are lower during that time and it's easy for, for energies to come through. So, uh, why do you think, uh, some people receive, all these signs and others don't do you think it just has to do with with levels of intuition or do you think it's something more there's
1: a lot there's a lot involved in that um i can tell you that grief is a big factor sometimes when you're grieving as you know i lost my father uh, on february 13th so i can say this from experience um it's it's very very hard uh you know it's almost like You kind of put it, you don't intend to, you don't want to, but the grief kind of puts a wall there and it's harder for them to get through to us. And sometimes- That's a good
0: point. That's a very good point.
1: You know, and sometimes with that grief, uh, we don't recognize the signs, you know, they could be screaming at us and we we don't recognize the signs. So, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of factors. And then there's also, you have to be open to it.
0: You have to be, exactly. I have
1: have a a sister who lost her husband. It'll be five years in September. Nicole, no matter what I say, she wouldn't believe a thing I say. (laughs) You know, she's just not open to it. I had a reading one time and uh, the medium said to me, oh, tell your sister that he says he still sits in the Lazy Boy, right? So I said, okay, so... I told her, I said, Virgin, by the way, he said, John still sits in a lazy boy. And her response to me was, it's not a lazy boy. It's a bit but it's not a lazy boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I just love the sarcasm. Oh, my God, I love it. That's You know, one other thing, the synchronicities, the coincidences, or what I call God incidences that happen all the time. You know, my grandmother's birthday was July 11th. And you know how many times I asked her for a sign once, okay? But before I went to bed, I asked her for a sign. The next morning I got up, I looked at the clock. It said 7-Eleven.
0: Yes, there you go.
1: So, okay, I said, oh, I said, you know, I recognized it as a sign from my grandmother. I said, thank you. you know how many times I woke up to 7-Eleven? Because once, once they know that you recognize a sign as being from them, they will repeat it.
0: That right there is a take home. That right there is so important because that's so true. And that's happened to me, like with my grandmother, she passed around four forty five. I'm inclined to think it was four forty four a m because that's my sequence. I keep seeing four, four four all the time, randomly on license plates. I'll look at the clock, and there it is. Mm-hmm. It's on my TV. I'll just glance and there it is. And so you it's just you have to pay attention to that.
1: You have so. to. Pay. Oh, oh! I got a. I got a good story for yes, you. Yes, Story time. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, um, after my father passed, we went over to the cemetery, and my mother was looking for a location in the mausoleum. And uh, then my mother said she didn't want anything too high. And all of a sudden, I thought of a dream my father had. My father had a dream once that. He saw a statue of the Blessed Mother. And when he looked up at the Blessed Mother, she suddenly turned into his own mother. Wow. And the Blessed Mother, well, his mother said, I'm watching over you. I'll never forget that. My father cried like a baby when he told me about that dream. And while we were standing there, that dream popped into my mind. And I knew there had to be a reason. So I said to the guy because they have like uh, stained glass everywhere. There's like different themes in the mausoleum. right so I, sa- I said to him, do you happen to have the Blessed Mother anywhere? And he said, yes, I do. And he walked us over to this location and I'm like, okay, mom, I think this is it. This is, you know, this is perfect. So he goes to me, well, let me go see what I have available. So Nicole, I go and I sit on this bench. I go in the corner and I sit on this bench and I'm just tired exhausted and I'm waiting for him to come back. He comes back with this odd look on his face and I don't know what he's told. I, I look at him. He goes, that's it. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're sitting right in front of it. I go, I'm sitting in front of what? He goes, you're sitting in front of number 18. That's what we have available. You, you're you sitting directly in front of it. So I, what? so Okay. But I didn't think anything. I'm like, yeah, okay, big deal. So I'm sitting in front of number 18. Okay. So we leave there. We go to the funeral home. We have to figure out when they have availability, when we can do the funeral. The funeral was booked on February 18th. Okay. 18. Oh, there we go.
0: Yeah. With the 18. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. All right. So two days later, I go to the church. I have to pick out the reading and everything, and I'm not paying attention to numbers or anything. So she gives me copies of the paperwork. I come home and I look, and what I picked was on page 18. And I said to myself, oh my God, 18, 18, 18. Like, what is going on here? So after we got off the phone yesterday, I was thinking about that, right? And I'm like, there has to be a reason for 18. Well, just to give you some backdrop, my father was an amazing man, extremely positive. He had glaucoma, eventually died from a brain tumor, but he was blind at the end of his life. Okay. He was blind, but was positive up until the end. I hired a music therapist to come sing to him. Oh, wow. And do you know, he, He's tried to sing along to the Italian songs. The woman was so moved by him. I mean, he really was like everywhere he went, he would say things like, be happy and happy Sunday morning and allegria, allegria, you know, which is like, you know, contentment, you know. So that's the kind of man he was, extremely positive, extremely positive. In fact, when the priest spoke about him in church, the last thing he said was, so be happy, be happy, right? Okay, keep that in mind. So yesterday, I I looked up the angel meaning for number eighteen, and you know what the website said? It said is a it's a reminder to focus on the positive. Oh my gosh, that is so my father. So
0: it's it's these little it's 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 like these messages are all over the place and right in front of our face, but you have to know to pay attention to that
1: that's what I'm saying if now after I got off the phone well, I checked it now, if I didn't check it, I wouldn't have made that connection but I knew I knew there had to be a reason his birthday is not on the 18th. I couldn't figure out why the number eighteen <laughs> um but now it that. All makes-
0: that is an amazing story and it it's, it's it shows you know the importance of synchronicity and all of that that's like truly truly amazing and your yeah. books I and mean, i can't wait to read your books i know that in one of your books divine visits i believe it's called you mm-hmm. talk about a divine intervention that happened to you do you want to elaborate on that
1: sure um what happened was i went to get my annual mammogram um I was told uh, that they saw something on the left side and I needed to go back. So I wasn't overly concerned because it's, you know, they always told me to come back and get an ultrasound. Um, So I go back. The woman is doing the scans and she looks at me and she goes, "Um, I brought back. I have to go talk to the doctor. And oh, my God,
0: I said, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, I know, right? Hello, anxiety. My goodness. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm laying there and she leaves. And all of a sudden, I thought of my godmother. My godmother was extremely religious. She would go to church every Sunday. I would joke with her and say, hey, Lucy, when you get up there, put in a good word for me. I used to say to her, you know. <laughs> so I, I said, as I'm laying there, I said, uh, God, God, is everything okay? Like I said it in my mind, and I kid you not, I heard back, no. And I'm like, no. So I said it again. Is everything okay? I heard back, no. At this point, I start to really panic. And I said, well, I'm not ready to go yet. I have two little kids. And I cried out to my godmother. And I said, Lucy, if I ever needed you, I need you now. Right? All of a sudden, I have to kind of picture this it's dimly, there's no light, you know, I'm laying on this table, all of a sudden, this orb descends from the ceiling, oh my like, goodness. A, like, a, like a, a white like orb, okay, it descends from the ceiling, like I'm looking at it, and at first I'm thinking, okay, I'm really losing it here, so <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, rub, <laughs> I rub my eyes, And it's still there, okay? It's slowly coming down, slowly coming down. And all of a sudden it hits me. Oh my God, this is real. Something really divine is happening here. And this peace came over me. I can't even describe it. This peace came over me. The orb stopped about four inches above my chest and then moved to the right. And when it moved to the right, it stopped. And I put my hand out to it. when I put my hand out to it, the center, was purple and and the purple got bigger and bigger and i'm staring at it mesmerized okay all of a sudden the technician comes into the room the orb disappears she finished she finishes her scans and i'm thinking okay this either means two things either everything's going to be okay or it's my time and you know it's not going to be okay one of the two well, I get a call from the doctor, my OBGYN, and he tells me I need to go get a biopsy um, because he says, you know, they see something there, it's not good, don't wait, all that. And I, I go get the biopsy. And to make a very long answer, you know, it, I knew it wasn't good, okay? Well, all of a sudden, I get a phone call the doctor calls me himself one morning, and he says to me, I don't understand this. He says, cancer usually doesn't get smaller. He goes, I don't understand this, but it's not bad. And I said, what do you mean? I, I, I was shocked. He, he, he couldn't understand what happened. Okay. So I'm on the other end, sobbing. <laughs> Sobbing.
0: I I would be too.
1: Yeah, and he and he was like, No, 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 it's a good thing. And I said, I know it's a good thing. Like, how do you explain to this doctor what I experienced in that room? And two weeks later, when I went to my OBGYN, I looked at him and I said, Hey, so um it was cancer, huh? And he and he kind of just like looked at me and I told him what happened in the room. And he said to me, I don't understand what happened. I don't know what happened. He goes, but let's just be happy that it happened. <laughs> you know, that's what he said. But that was absolutely amazing. That you know? is
0: absolutely remarkable. And it's, do you think that that orb of light, do you think it was just uh, energy or did you sense any sort of spiritual entity with it? Angelic energy, anything like what that? What I... Or?
1: What I was told, um, I happened to be writing Divine Visits at the time. So here Mm -hmm. I am, writing a book about divine intervention. And then I'm I'm nearing the end of this book, right? And I have a divine intervention of my own. I I could not believe it.
0: Amazing. So
1: so I had interviewed uh, this medium, and we were talking, and she said to me, often spirit energy will manifest as a ball of light. And when she said that to me, I said, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And I I called her up and I told her what happened to me. And she told me, she said, Josie, when you cried out to your godmother, she manifested for you. And so she said that it was my godmother, that orb.
0: And that that would make sense, you know, especially if you feel it. It's it's interesting regarding orbs of light, and I I share this story in one of my upcoming books as well. I've talked about it, I think, a couple times on radio. One of my friend's sons choked on food and and sadly became brain dead, so to speak, and so he was in the ICU oh. in the hospital for about a week, and uh, I was there with her and her family, and then. Right when they were going to allow him to transition, so of course, you know, let you know, removing the machines and all of that, mm-hmm. it was, and I didn't know the exact time of when that exactly was going to happen. I actually saw from the waiting room this beach ball-sized orb of like bright white light, as as bright as the sun, like come around the corner, dip down, and then shoot back up through, through the ceiling. So, and then it was a couple of minutes later that we were told, okay, his name was Kyle, Kyle transitioned. So I, I thought, was it possible that I, that I maybe witnessed his soul leaving his body? And that's what I saw. I don't know, but it it reminded me of that, your story that that's just, Oh my God, that is so incredible. And it leads me to this because you say here, you mentioned that you believe, and I agree with you in studying the non-physical world by or through studying the non-physical world, that science will finally come to understand the physical world. Absolutely. Can you, can you expand? Because that's, that's very profound. Can you well, expand on that? Because I well, think that's well, really important to talk about.
1: Well, I think about it this way. Um, most of the world is made up of dark matter and dark energy, right? So everything, everything we see, like the sun, the stars, the trees, whatever, makes up just 5% of the universe. of the universe is what we see. Dark matter is 25%, which is invisible substances. And then the rest of the universe is dark energy, 70%. Therefore, what we consider real, Nicole, is only a fraction of the universe. So I think science will continue to fall short until researchers study the unseen or the metaphysical. And in studying the metaphysical or the non-physical, science will come to understand the physical. And um, think about quantum entanglement, for example. That
0: totally makes sense. Yes, you know,
1: think about quantum entanglement. So what you do to one particle, no matter the distance, affects the other particle. You know, that's we, true. We need to. I remember, you know, Einstein called that spooky action at a distance. Yeah, You know, because he, yeah. he, he couldn't understand it. But just because we don't understand something, like people say, well, how is that possible? You know, uh, just because we don't understand something doesn't mean it's not true.
0: That's that's exactly. That's very true.
1: You know, uh, one reader uh, messaged me and said, which I don't know why she asked me this question, but she said, Now that your father died, do you still believe in the afterlife? Um, And yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Me too. Oh my gosh.
1: You know, yes, yes, and yes. I mean, um, you know, my my daughter and I uh, had a very interesting conversation last week. And she said to me, Mom, can you really positively, absolutely, say what happens when we die and i said to her i don't know exactly what i mean i know from studying hundreds and hundreds of near-death experiences what happens but what i can say is there is no death death is just a transition that's all yes I
0: mean. yes i think it was robert lanza who's uh, very profound in the biocentrism theory Mm-hmm. He, he yes. thinks it's, yes, he said, death is all an illusion. So, which, it, it, when you think about that, it, it totally makes sense.
1: And does it make sense to you that somebody, if you call it God, if you call it, you know, a, a supreme being or universal intelligence, whatever you call it, does it make sense that this God is going to create us just to make us die? To me, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> You know? Yeah,
0: that's a that's an interesting way to look at it. And it, you know, I often think about, okay, okay, I'm here in this, in this physical realm here on earth. Okay, what were all the lives that I had before? And what are going to be all the lives that I have? It's like, does it go on for eternity? Does it go on infinitely? And I, I kind of believe that it it does
1: it does i mean so, it, and this book that i'm writing now oh, it, oh
0: my it, another you are just so you are a prolific author that is amazing oh my gosh i well, how many books do you have out now like
1: Ah, uh, six but i wow like, like i finished uh my yana Dett novel and i am working on what i currently call before and afterlife because what people have to understand if there's an after, Nicole, well, then there must be a before. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> right? That's common sense.
1: You know, that's common sense. So it's a, a combination of all of my research into one. Um, like, I, I'm i amazed sometimes, you know, the things that have happened. Like, I, for some reason, this story popped into my head today Um I haven't told this story in so long and I don't know why I remember this one, but I wrote a book called make up your mind to be happy. Okay. And I was at a book signing for make up your mind to be happy. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this woman walks up to me, holding visits from heaven in her hand. Wow. So she walks up to me and she says, um, I need to tell you something. And I said, what? She said, I threw a copy of the local paper out. And this morning I woke up, and for some reason, something, someone was telling me to go back into that garbage and get the paper. She said, and I didn't know why, but I went into the garbage, I took out the paper, opened it up, and opened it up right to the article about you and this book signing. She said, so I went right in the house, I grabbed my copy of Visits from Heaven. And I came over here. Now, there's a backstory to this, okay? So I asked, I sensed a sadness about her. I asked her what was wrong. She said that her son committed suicide. Oh, no. I I asked her, um, and I'll tell you why, but I, I asked her when it happened, and she said 2008, and my mouth literally dropped. A few days before the book signing, I was working at my desk and I have like an L-shaped desk. So my monitor is on the right and my desk is in front of me on the left. And I'm working and all of a sudden I'm looking at I'm looking at my monitor and all of a sudden I hear something drop on my left. I turn and I see a shiny penny. And I oh, said and I and wow. I said to, to myself, "What the heck?" So I couldn't see the date. My eyes are absolutely terrible. Okay. <laughs> couldn't see the date on this penny. So I put it in my pocket. I said, you know, I'll zoom in on it later. Well, I forgot about it. I was gonna ask my daughter. I put my jacket that I was wearing in the wash. The morning of the book signing, I took this out of the dryer and out fell the penny. So I grabbed the penny and I said to my daughter, Erica, what's the date on this penny? And she says,
0: 2008. I knew you were going to say that.
1: So, so I went 2008. I don't know what this means, but it has to mean something. And I put it in my jewelry box. I have like a little jewelry box where I, Yeah, yeah. And then I go to this book signing and here comes this woman who says she felt compelled to go back into the garbage, grab the paper, opens it up to a story about me, grabs her visits from heaven, comes to meet me, and then she tells me her son committed suicide in 2008. I, I was... That dunking. is
0: just, that's, I mean, uh, phenomenal. And this I mean, it's not phenomenal, it's tragic, you know, about the suicide, but just all that synchronicity and all that connection. It, it's just, you just have to know to pay attention to it.
1: But, you know, think about it, though. There's a lot of things that had to happen to make that work. So, you know they have, you know what I often say, put it, put it this way. Sometimes they are of more help to us when they're on the other side, because they can make things happen.
0: That yeah. is a good point. That's a very good point. I want you to hold that thought because uh, we need to take our second break. I just like look looked at the time. I'm like, woo! it's time for a second break. So hold that thought. I want to touch on that because I was going to ask you about that anyways. So you're tuning into the Afterlife Chronicles tonight with special guest Josie Varga. Stay tuned. We will be right back
2: a certified spiritual life coach animal communicator past life regression and a psychic medium this is charlie lynn Charlie Lynn and Chat with Charlie work with you to bring communication and understanding from spirit to those looking to gain insight. Charlie Lynn's spiritual journey has brought her to you, so take advantage and contact Charlie Lynn today. Book a reading, indulge in some Reiki work, or take the next step in your life with some spiritual life coaching. No matter, Charlie Lynn is here to help you search chat with charlie on facebook that's chat with charlie on facebook
0: It's past the hour. We're getting close to the end of the hour here on the Afterlife Chronicles. If you missed the first part, don't worry. It will be archived for you. Tonight's guest, of course, is Josie Varga. We have been talking about her journey in afterlife research, afterlife uh, experiences, uh, everything on spirit communication, uh, the beauty and how the afterlife and spirits communicate with us here on the mortal realm. So right before the break, and I, I want to say this because I, I believe that... One of the reasons why more and more people are having these experiences with the spirit world is because it's of all the challenges going on now. And I feel that the afterlife is almost reaching out to us to try and help us. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, some and, and they do it in different ways, you know. Like, you ever have a, an incident where a thought comes to your mind and you say to yourself, where did that come from?
0: Yes, all,
1: you know, the, all the time. You know, I, sometimes you don't you don't realize that you're being led to do something like right. I I spoke to you before about how um I was led to do what I do, and I didn't understand that at first, but now I do understand it. Um, and I feel blessed to do what I do. I feel privileged to do what I do. It's not easy, you know. It's it's hard. Um, the best part of what I do. I would say there was this woman who wrote me one time, Nicole, and she said, because of you, I can sleep tonight. She lost her husband. She said, because oh, wow. of you. Oh,
0: that, wow. That, that's the best compliment that anyone exactly. can
1: receive. Exactly. Okay. So right there. Right there. That's the best, uh, you know, compliment I could receive. And that's the best part of what I do. The hard part is feeling the pain uh, yeah. of the then and, yeah. and not being able to help them. Um, But, you know, I I have to focus on uh, the people I can help. And speaking of that, like you said, those on the other side are still very much aware of everything that is going on in our lives. And sometimes they are directing us, okay, helping us to make certain decisions and we don't even realize it but they're there. And they are helping us. They're very aware of what's going on in this world, (laughs) you know, and and I agree. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You hear more and more stories of people, you know, willing to share their experiences with, let's say, deceased pets or friends or loved ones. And so I'm hearing that more. So there's more of an openness that people are having. So I think there's I call it this, this parallel connection between our world and the afterlife. And it's really starting to, to really, uh, uh, join together. So I think, I think it's an often beautiful thing. It so is a it's, beautiful it's, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's refreshing to hear you talk about that. Cause I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, am I the only one that believes this? No, I can't be the only one that believes this, but.
1: No. And so. I tell you, since I started, since I wrote visits from heaven, <laughs> visits from heaven came out in 2010. Um, you know, things are so different. I mean, People are more and more willing to share their mm-hmm. experiences, you know, especially, you know, my last book, A Call from Heaven, focused on deathbed phenomena. And people years ago, it was common for them to die at home and to share their spiritual experiences. But now, nowadays, people are dying in nursing homes and hospitals and, you know, and, the number one reason they don't share their experiences is because of fear.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: And and, and unfortunately, there are a lot of experiences that go unreported. Okay? But I do think that, I don't know, should I say uh, the gate is opening up wider? I don't know, because I think people are more more willing to share their experiences. I think so, too. Yeah, and that's why I think it's important to have shows like yours, and you know, well, you you share these experiences, and people know, hey, yeah, that is that that is okay. I'm not going crazy, you know. These are normal. Yes, exactly. And it's it's that you
0: know that uh, I think it's a poem or that starfish story. If you know you, if you can only if if you can't help them all, I forget exactly what it says, but you can't help them all. But if you can help just one, then then you've done your job. So. Right. And that's um,
1: that. That's my motto. Because, yeah. You know. And That's everything a healthy, I, yeah. And everything I do,
0: I, I mean, this hour has flown by. I would love to have you back because I'm looking at, you know, all these different avenues we can go, we can touch on deathbed, visitations, near death experiences, all kinds of things. So I would love to have you back. But in the last few minutes, if you could just give a little summary, if you want of each of your books and then where people can get them.
1: Okay. Well, uh, footprints in the sand. Is uh, a book about my life experiences and everything that I went through, having been born with a disability known as uh, uh, cerebral palsy. Um, then I wrote Footprints, I mean, Visits from Heaven, which is about afterlife communication. I followed that with Visits to Heaven, which is about near death experiences. Make Up Your Mind to Be Happy, which talks about you know positivity and how to focus on the positive in life. Divine Visits, which is about divine interventions, and A Call from Heaven, which is about deathbed phenomena. So, um, those books are available, and uh, they can find that on my website, which is JosieVarga.com I've
0: been on your website. It's beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yours
1: yours is, too. I've been on yours. (laughs) Well, you know
0: what? Actually, Station Manager Todd Bates designed it, so that's off. Awesome. Ah. <laughs> yeah he did it so that's his vision so yeah no I like it too it's it's yeah, streamlined it's really- and new and really cool this this has been such an enlightening hour I mean there's so many more I mean we could probably have like 10 more shows and still have things to talk about but
1: yeah call just, me anytime uh, yeah
0: amazing inspiration and inspirational <laughs> things I think we share a lot of the same viewpoints and have had some very similar experiences so I can't wait to talk to you more and then of course we uh share a mutual friendship with uh Gary and uh, Gary I forget his name for a second hello Gary Manson, and Suzanne Mitchell which <laughs> I haven't yet met in person but I know Gary one day is like okay gotta get you Josie Varga and Joey and Tanya Medea and we're all going to just have a just fun big I'm like yes there you go it's going to happen one of these days so thank you so much for coming on I'd oh, like to thank book you, you again so Thank we'll, you. we'll do that again. Uh, that was Josie Varga. If you missed uh, obviously the uh, show, it'll be archived for you. Her website is josievarga.com, And then of course she's also on uh, social media as well. Fantastic inspirational show. Uh, uh hi katie nice to see you she said thank you josie and nicole so uh gl- glad you tuned in glad you enjoyed it nice to see you there so i hope everyone has a, a great weekend because it's coming up and of course here at the afterlife chronicles we are exploring the connection between life death and beyond and having a good time with it and i just forgot the rest of the uh little quotes that i usually say at the end of the show i'm trying to think of it right now let's see if i can think about it in three two one I think it goes something like this. We're bridging the connection between our world and the afterlife one experience at a time. See, I did not forget it after all. Anyways, uh, have a good night, folks, and we will see you next week. Good night.